For thousands of years, we've been under the impression the Bible was meant to be taken seriously. Finally, a new translation that'll change all that. This is Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible! Reach out, Thank you so much. I am so excited. Welcome to episode 12 of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible with me, David Tuckman. We're coming to you live from 2A in New York on 2nd Street and Avenue A in front of a live audience. Yeah, they're hooting because uh, that guy's back. The guy who does the hoots. My memory isn't working. It's been a long day. Arsenio, Arsenio. Yeah, I landed the joke. That's what happens when I improvise. Each month on the show, a guest joins me and tries to read as many chapters as possible of my own personal translation of the Old Testament from the original Hebrew while I make fun of it. Today is Tuesday, October 1st, 2013. Uh, the government shut down this morning. So I guess I can now finally curse while reading the Bible, which is really exciting. Uh, there have been no episodes in September, and I apologize for that. Um, there are going to be two episodes in October, which is awesome. Another really exciting thing about October is that this is the 12th episode. This is the 12th month that I've been doing this show. I've been doing this for a year, which is really, really exciting. I still have not got through Genesis, but I'm, I'm going to make it. By the end of year two, I am telling you I'm going to make it. Last, last time on the show, I held up in front of my audience what I had left to edit in Genesis, and I said I was going to finish it by the end of August. That didn't happen. The Bible is long, okay, guys? It's hard. Hebrew is tough. Also, um, according to Tablet Magazine, the Bible is one of the 101 best Jewish books of all time. Just so you know. Awesome. You so can I'm all look that up it. online. <laughs> That's great. I, I have just a couple of things to share to you. I, um, so some news came out today. There was a study of American Jews losing their religion in general. There were a whole lot of really fun statistics that I didn't have time to go through, but this stat stuck out at me. Apparently, twice as many American Jews say that having a good sense of humor, 42%, is an essential part of being Jewish than say the same about observing Jewish law. <laughs> Hence this podcast. <laughs> I also have some, um, some fun things that people said to me on Facebook in the past month. Uh, a woman whose name I'm not going to say said, horrible, do not get this on your computer, horrible. <laughs> First of all, I think she confused posting on a wall with sending a message because she's telling me not to download my own podcast. <laughs> Second of all, I agree, don't get it on your computer, download it on your phone and listen to it on your commute. That's how, that's how it works. Somebody else just sent me a message that said, you disgust me, so I sent him a big thumbs up. <laughs> I have, um, so, I'm in front of a big audience. We're taking up the top floor of 2A. Uh, a lot of people are guests of our guests who we're just about to get to. How many people here have never heard the podcast before? Here, I, yeah. A lot of people, and I think a lot of people, you know, even if they start with the most recent ep episode of the podcast, it's a little hard to get into it because this has been going on for a year there are, this is the 12th episode, six or seven hours of podcasts to get through. And if you want to join in, you want to know what's going on in the story. That's why before year two of the show starts, before episode 13 comes out, I'm going to put out an episode that's called Just the Bible Bits. I'm going to take the pieces of the podcast that are just the readings of the Bible, uh, 
stitch them together so you can listen to one, maybe an hour and a half episode, get all caught up, know where we are, and jump right in. So look for that. If you're downloading this, uh, it's going to come out a day after this goes up on the internet, so that's October 8th, 2013. If you listen to this at any other time, just look for it in iTunes, because it's going to be there. Let's get to our guests! Yeah. That's what you folks are here for anyway. Um, she is a Sorry, she is a Brooklyn-based writer and the social media editor at Tablet Magazine. And my second Australian guest, please welcome Alyssa Goldstein. Thank you. Alyssa, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. I'm on to my second whiskey. Awesome. That's the yeah. perfect way to read the Bible. Yeah. Welcome to the show. I'm really happy to have you on. I've been waiting a few months to get you on to the Thank show. You. I'm really excited. Um, well, we'd like to, I mean, I know our audience here knows who you are, but those listening don't really know you too well. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your background with religion? Sure. Um, well, I'm Jewish, in case you couldn't tell from my last name. And I'm from Melbourne, Australia. One person clap for you being Jewish, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like 95% of the audience is Jewish, but we're all self-hating. Um, uh, so I grew up in Melbourne, Australia, and I, I moved to New York a few years ago. Um, I, I, I grew up, I went to a modern Orthodox day school, yeah. and my family kind of spans the religious spectrum from devoutly secular to very, very Orthodox, and I kind of feel like I'm a, a secular Jew on the outside, but like a 19th century Polish Hasidic woman on the inside. <laughs> That's kind of my where I'm coming from in terms of religion. So, so it's like your entire body is your shetel. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. yes. I so, wear it short. My shetel. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever read? So we're reading the the entire Torah here. Have you ever read the Torah from beginning to end before? Not the entire thing. Okay. But, but I feel like I have a good grasp of most of it. Okay. <laughs> kind of. You've heard it in shul. Maybe it's that's sunken. a little audacious of me to say that. <laughs> Not compared so, to Rashi. It's a long book. <laughs> um, what's your favorite story in the entire book? Oh, my God. On the spot. Oh, my God. He's in a lot of them. Um, my favorite story from the entire Bible. Um, I, oh, my, I feel really stressed out now. Um, I really okay. like the story of, like, Tamar, how she, like, oh my God. like takes her fate into her own hands yes. via prostitution. Like, I actually think that's a really subversive no. and, like, cool feminist story. It's a really awesome story. I, I like that one a lot. I'll yeah. tell you, that's actually probably one of my favorite stories. Um, the germination of this, this project came from the fact that one night I was like, I should read the story of Tamar as a comedy piece. I sat down, started translating that, and it was like, you know what, I should read the entire Tanakh as a comedy piece. <laughs> And then this happened. So yeah. I think we agree on that. Cool. This is a very serious question, and I've started asking it of my guests, because it's not something that's really discussed in the world. Alyssa, do you believe in God? <laughs> wow. I feel like I do, like, maybe 60% of the time. Okay. I, like, I would say, again, like, I'm a devout agnostic. Like, I, 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 make, I make it my mission to vacillate on a daily basis. But, but I do... It's very modern of you. I want, to, I, I want to believe in God, which is kind of like... I feel like something you can't admit if you're, like, a very progressive, liberal kind of person no. sometimes. But Richard, I, I really want to. Richard Dawkins does not want to believe in God. Mm -mm, mm -mm. 
Um, what, when, when I say the word God, what does that mean to you? To get um, very personal. I guess, like, my cultural references, being a Jew who is sort of raised in a very traditional Jewish environment, there is part of me that thinks of, like, the very temperamental God in the Bible who is loving and also, like, like a, a 12-year-old girl at times, you know, and, like, <laughs> switches between the two. Yeah. But as an adult, I've come to feel more, to have more of, like, a, a sort of a Zen Buddhist, sense of God as like God is in everything I mean Jews also think God is everywhere and all around you but but this sense of like some divine power that 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 it can't really be um humanized uh but I you know I struggle with it like yeah. most human beings cool yeah <laughs> um and now we have one last question before we get to uh making fun of the bible What's your first memory of me? This is also something I ask all of my guests. Oh, okay. So my first memory of David Tuckman was that, like, it's social media related, which is so appropriate because yes. my work is in social media. Um, but we, we were, like, on the same email chain on Facebook with uh, Esther Werdiger, who is a fellow Australian Jew who's also been a guest on this podcast. Fellow podcast guest. And uh, Friend we were, of the like, show. riffing about something relating to like we were like hypothesizing about this Jewish sitcom we were going to write about working the Jewish nonprofit yes. <laughs> and which is like a really good idea no one steal that because we're working on that yes and it, that, you were really uh, funny thank you and I was like who's this funny dude who has a podcast about the bible we should be friends in real life IRL and now we are now we are <laughs> Attentive listeners will remember that in episode five, Esther Werdiger also talked about our future sitcom Jewish nonprofit. <laughs> we still haven't written the pilot yet, but it's in the works, okay? Uh, Alyssa, are you ready to read the Bible? I'm ready to read the Bible. All right, let's read the Bible. First of all, previously in the Bible, God created the entire world in six days, then killed almost everyone in it. Promised a plot of land in the Middle East to Avraham in exchange for some dick bloodletting. <laughs> Avraham begat Yitzchak, who begat Yaakov, who scammed his older brother Esav out of his birthright blessing. And Esav wanted to murder Yaakov, so on the advice of his mother, Yaakov decided to scram. This is Torah, a loose translation. In the beginning, chapter 20, in which Rivka gets all racist and shit. <laughs> Fuck my life, Rivka said to Yitzchak. Those hate women just fuck my life. I just want to kill myself. If Yaakov takes one of those women, the ones in this country, why should I keep living? With this, Rivka began a long tradition of overdramatic Jewish mothers. <laughs> Yitzchak called for Yaakov, blessed him and gave him the talk. Don't get involved with these Canaan ladies, he said. You know, my father once told me the same thing. <laughs> get up and go to your mother's dad, Betuel's house in Padam Aram. Take one of those women from Lavan, your mother's brother's daughters. Sound fatherly advice. Why get involved with the local girl when you can make it with your first cousin? God Shaddai will bless you. That's Jehovah, I think, by the way. Nobody knows. Make you flower and multiply, and you will become a phalanx of nations. Sorry about the word phalanx, but I wanted to fit it in somewhere. 
He'll give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring. You will possess the land you are in right now and which God gave to Abraham. Uh, Yitzchak sent Yaakov away. Yaakov went to Padamaram to Lavan, son of Betuel the Arami and brother of Rivka, mother of Asab and Yaakov. Grandson of Nachor, Avram's brother, a namesake for the town, great-grandson of Terah, who died a while ago and didn't really do anything. We can just go on and on if you want. Asab saw that Yitzchak blessed Yaakov, sent him to Padamaram to take a woman, and commanded him not to take a woman from the daughters of Canaan. Yaakov listened to his father and his mother and went to Badam, Padan Aram. He's such a good boy. Esav knew his father wasn't crazy about the daughters of Canaan. However, as already established, Yitzchak couldn't tell the difference between his two sons, so his taste in women is questionable. <laughs> he went to Yishmael and took Machalat, daughter of Yishmael, who was Abraham's kid and sister of Nevayot, adding her as his women to his ladies. By the way, we still have not encountered the words wife or marriage once in this book. <laughs> Chapter 21, in which there's kind of a stairway to heaven. Uh, Yaakov left Be'er Sheva to go to Haran. He got to the place. Uh, the place, you know. Just the place. And lay down there because the sun had come. Somehow the sun had come is idiomatic to the sun had set, which is gross. <laughs> he gathered some rocks, put them around his head, and somehow fell asleep. So uncomfortable. This is what he dreamt. There was a ladder that stretched from the ground all the way up to the skies. God's angels went up and down on it. Suddenly, Yehovah was standing over Yaakov. I am Yehovah, <laughs> your father's Abraham's God, and Yitzchak too, he said. I really appreciate the voice. Thank you so much. <laughs> also, Avraham is not Yaakov's father. I'm going to give the land you're sleeping on to your descendants. Interestingly, Yaakov's circumcision was never mentioned in the text, so we don't know if it happened. You'll have as many kids as there are dusk particles on the planet. That's a fucking lot. <laughs> They'll spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. Every family of the soil will bless themselves by you and your children. I am with you here. I will guard you as you travel and will return you to this land. I won't leave until I've done everything I told you. Great, so Yaakov has a stalker. <laughs> Yaakov woke up. Holy crap, he said. Jehovah is here. I didn't know that. God is everywhere, Yaakov. Come on. Get with it. He got kind of scared. This place is awesome, but in a scary way. There's nothing like it in the world. It's just a bunch of rocks and an angel ladder that you dreamt about. This is God's house and the gate to the sky. When Yaakov got up in the morning, he took the stone that was under his head and set it up as a monument. So, if you recall, before Yaakov went to sleep, he collected multiple stones to sleep on, and now there's just one. Some say that during the night, the stones argued over who would have the honor of supporting the wonderful Yaakov's head as he slept, so they merged into one single stone to share that privilege. Others say this was something the editors missed. 
So he's got the stone yep. under his head. It's a monument. Then he poured oil on it. He called the place Beit El. Which literally means house of God, which he just said this is the house of God. Yep. But originally it had been called Luz. Old Bible joke, by the way. What do you call people who come from Luz? Losers. <laughs> That's yeah. from like third grade. <laughs> Yaakov promised a little promise. If God stays with me and watches over me on this journey, Yaakov said, and gives me bread to eat and clothes to wear and returns me to my father's house in one piece. Anything else you want, Yaakov? I will make Jehovah my God. Okay, so clearly it's fine to ask God for things, and if he doesn't deliver, we don't have to believe in him. Great. <laughs> and this rock, which I placed as a monument, will be the house of God. So some say this dream happened on what is now the Temple Mount. When the Jewish temple was built, the Kodesh HaKodeshim, the Holy of Holies, was built on the spot where Yaakov slept. And the stone pillar he set up became the foundation stone upon which the temple was built and which is now enshrined in the Dome of the Rock on the Temple Mount right now. Um, That's just a, it's not a joke. That's don't, a, don't, try, don't, laugh. don't try and claim that. Yeah. That's not a good idea. You're going to get in trouble, especially if you wear a yarmulke. Um, and from all that you give me, God, I will set aside a tenth for you. Thus, income tax was born. <laughs> That's chapter 21. Thank you, Alyssa. All right. I think we can do another. This is chapter 22 in which Yaakov gets some ladies. Can I, can I just say that the ladies is in this text like several times. And for better or worse, I kind of see ladies. Like I see the world now through the prism of girls. Yeah. And I keep thinking of that scene in like season one where Shoshana is like reading the self-help dating book and she's like, where are the ladies? And Jessa is like, we're, I'm not a lady. Like, we're not the ladies. And I keep imagining like when Yaakov gets the ladies, they're like sitting around together in his house and one of them going, like Leah going, where are the ladies? And the other's going, like, we're not the ladies. Like, we're not your harem. Like, we're not a harem. Anyway, that's just... They're, yeah. they're a harem. <laughs> they're a harem. They're yeah. the ladies, oh, better or worse. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, okay, in which Yaakov gets some ladies. <laughs> Yaakov moved his legs again and headed for the land of Bnei Kedem. He looked and yowza, there was a well in a field there. Three flocks of sheep which are straight chillin' near the well, which had a big rock covering its mouth. You see, the sheep drank from that well... Usually the shepherds waited until all the flocks gathered, rolled the stone off, let the sheep drink, and put the rock back. Because it was so heavy that many people had to do it. I, I, yeah. Big rock. I don't know uh, why I told you that. <laughs> where, where are you from, brothers? Yaakov said to them. Oh, Yaakov is totally one of those people who calls everyone brother. <laughs> Haran, they said. The shepherds, guys, not the sheep. Come on. Do you know Lavan, Nahor's son? Uh, yeah, we know him. How's he doing? Eh, he's doing, they said. Oh, look, here comes his daughter, Ruchel, with his sheep. Uh, there's still a whole lot of day left, Yaakov said. It's not time to go home yet. You should water your sheep and go back to grazing. What an asshole. <laughs> we can't water the sheep, they said, until all the flocks gather and we can roll away this stone from on top of the well. Then we'll be able to water these sheep. While Yaakov was talking, Ruchel sidled up with her father's sheep because she was a shepherdess, which is bitchin'. <laughs> Feminism. Um, 
Well, she was also apparently 14, according yep. to the Midrash, just right. FYI. Rivka was three, by the way. <laughs> so creepy. Much more creepy. Um, while Yaakov was walking, Ruchel sided up with her father's sheep because she was a shepherdess. Yes. Uh, when Yaakov saw Ruchel, his uncle Lavan's daughter, and her sheep, he stepped forward and rolled the stone off the well. Show <laughs> off. So sexy. Um, he kissed his uncle Lavan's sheep. So sexy. <laughs> then he kissed Rachel. His voice got high and he burst into tears. That's not so sexy. No. It's weird that he kissed the sheep before kissing Rachel, by the way. I am your father's brother, Yaakov told Rachel. <laughs> no, he's not. And Rivka's son. Okay, that's, that's accurate. Rachel ran off and told her father. That's what you do if you tell a girl you're related to her right after making out with her and crying. <laughs> she runs away. When Lavan heard about his nephew Yaakov, he ran to him, gave him hugs and kisses, and brought him home. Wait, but who rolled the stone back? <sighs> Yaakov told Lavan everything that had happened. Which parts? The dream about the ladder? The whole thing about his brother who tried to kill him because he put goat things on his arms? <laughs> Still, Lavan said, you are my bone and my meat. Okay, weird. <laughs> Yaakov stayed with him for a month of days. Uh, what, uh, even editing fail. Yeah. Um, even though you're my brother, Lavan said, I don't expect you to work for me for free. How much do you charge? That what? is what every freelance writer wants to do. <laughs> I just say, every freelance writer. By the way, what's happening? <laughs> um, now Lavan had two daughters. The older was named... Leah, or Leah, and the younger, Rachel. We already know about Rachel. She's the one breaking the gap. Can I, can I interject with a story about Leah? Do we have time? We do. Okay. I just want to make my terrible joke. Okay, all right. All right, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. I'll tell my story later. But no, right after, Rachel is the one breaking the glass sheep lane. Okay. It's <laughs> cute. Uh, very cute. Leah's eyes were messed up, and Rachel had a hot body and a good face. Yaakov kind of had a thing for Rachel. Duh. Um, can I tell my story now? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so, <laughs> short story, my middle name is Leah, and it's, it's well, ostensibly, I'm named after the Leah of the Bible, which is, which is a bit sad because she's not the hot sister, but anyway, and I'm also ostensibly named after one of my grandmother's sisters who, a serious note, like, died in the Holocaust. Yeah. Um, but really, that's not true. Those stories are both a lie. I'm named after Princess Leah from Star Wars. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because when my mum was like eight months pregnant with me, she like saw the Star Wars that came out at like the end of 1983 or she saw it on like a repeat or like VHS or whatever and she thought Carrie Fisher was really beautiful, she really liked her white suit, she thought her hair was really cool. Nice Jewish girl too. And so she decided to name me, my middle name Leia and that's why it's spelled L-E-I-A, ah. not L-E-A-H. It's here for Star Wars. Right. I just yeah. had a thought, by the way. Leia has messed up eyes. Back then, they probably didn't have glasses, so it was just if you can't see, your eyes are just done. You're screwed. Uh, okay, so, right, Yaakov kind of had a thing for Ruchel. Yeah. I'll work for seven years, Yaakov said, for Ruchel, your little daughter. Feminism. I'll give her to you. I'd rather give her to you than some other guy, Lavan said. 
So stay with me for a while. Yaakov worked for Rachel for seven years. His love for her was so strong that the years passed like days. Bring me my woman, Yaakov said. <laughs> I've done my time. <laughs> and I want to come inside her. It's in, it's in, it's in the text, guys. Sorry. Also in the text, in case you haven't been keeping track, by my math, Yaakov is 84. <laughs> Lavan made a great feast and invited everyone. That night, he gave his daughter Leah to Yaakov. Leah. Yaakov went all the way with her. Yaakov, no! <laughs> by the way, people sometimes refer to this as like the first instance of a wedding in the Bible. But this isn't a wedding. This is just a big party some wealthy landowner threw to celebrate his giving his daughter to another man in exchange for something of... Oh, yeah, it is a wedding. Um, so Yaakov went all the way with her. Lavan also gave bonus, extra set of steak knives. Um, Lavan also gave Zilpah, his lady servant, to his daughter Leah as a lady servant. That's a tufa. Yeah. That's what they call a tufa. Um, in the morning, Yaakov woke up and it was Leia! If he sealed the deal the previous night, how did he not know? I just, She's I the one. Know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was really drunk or something. I don't they also didn't have electric lights, so. You know. What did you do to me? Yaakov said to Lavan. Didn't I work for Ruchel? Why did you trick me? We don't do that here, Lavan said. The whole giving the younger daughter before the firstborn thing. You Israelis and your weird customs. <laughs> Finish out the week for this one. So according to Rashi, the medieval commentator who has a running commentary across the entire Torah, finish out the week. What does that mean? The men of the town partied for a week every time a woman was handed over to another man as property. And that's where the Jewish custom of having a party for a week after a wedding comes from, I imagine. So I'll give you the other one if you stay and work for me for another seven years. Notice Lavan says the other one when referring to his daughter. Do you know, I remember learning this story when I was in elementary school in like grade six. Yeah. And we had this um, like Orthodox Hebrew studies teacher. I think her name was Maureen Milley. Someone, a couple of people in the audience may remember this woman. I have a few friends visiting from Australia. Anyway, we got into this altercation in the classroom because I told her that the Torah was sexist. And she, like, told me that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, it is. And I don't know what the point of the story is, but I feel like that is when my, like, my, like, feminist identity started to germinate. Wow. Yeah, but she really didn't think that this was sexist at all. <laughs> I'm glad we're reading this together, that this is your episode. It's very cathartic. That's, this is, like, therapy for this me. This is awesome. Um, okay, so... And that's, it is sexist, by the way. <laughs> Just so you... I feel vindicated guys, now. Yeah. Um... Uh, so I'll give you the other one if you stay and work with me for another seven years. And that is exactly what happened. Yaakov finished the week and Lavan gave him Ruchel, his daughter, as his woman. Lavan also gave Bilf Bilha, his lady servant, to his daughter Ruchel as a lady servant. Yaakov and Ruchel did a bit of the all in and out. He loved her dearly and worked for Lavan for another seven years. Yeah. That's chapter 22. Thank you, Alyssa. It's just, it, it, it's funny, it's like reading this again, I haven't read the story since I was a kid. It, it actually sounds like, it seems like, Lavan gave Rachel to Yaakov just a week after he 
hooked up with Leia, which is totally not how I originally heard the story. I always thought it was seven years and then another seven years, so an interesting wrinkle. Thank you so much to Alyssa for reading that with me. And now we come to a segment of the podcast called the Devar Torah, or the Torah word. Because Devar Torah, if you translate it literally, if you're a jerk like me, it just means Torah word. Alyssa, (laughs) one of my papers fell down, and I don't have to get off this chair, it's going to be really awkward. Alyssa, do you think that you can sum up everything that's happened in all these chapters? Typically, um, people will do a Devar Torah on uh, a Torah reading and just speak about it, give a speech, a sermon, find something to speak about. But I want to be a jerk. Can you sum up everything that we've read in one word? I think I can. What is that word? Proto-feminism. <laughs> Defend your case. Um, I, I just feel like this has... Uh, this is a story that is emblematic of a theme in the Torah, which is that like women sometimes get a raw end of the deal. Um, and the Torah is kind of like the foundational text of Jewish culture, so that has to some extent, you know, filtered down into Jewish culture. But I also feel like it's like, it's, 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 there's a positive spin on it. It's proto-feminist because it's enraged Jewish women and a lot of Jewish men for like thousands of years this story about how unfair it is. Yeah. And so, like, we can all get behind it and be like, this isn't fair. This isn't how we should, like, live our lives. Maybe maybe there's, like, a lesson to be learned from this about women not being, like, chattel or property. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a good thing. So, I, I, you know, that's the positive spin on the story. Cool. I, I actually, the word that I wrote down was also feminism because I do think that this is a very provocative text and a provocative story. You know, it's the first time that there's something that really is like, what the fuck, come on. Like the, you know, there's the story of Adam and Eve, and that's pretty messed up, but that still feels very much like a parable. It feels like a metaphor. It doesn't feel like an actual narrative. This is the first time there are, like, characters that are somewhat fleshed out, and you're just like, that's, this is wrong. What's going on here? So we thought alike on this. I guess it really cool. is deep in there. That's all the time we have for this month in terms of reading. Um, Alyssa... Is there anything else you want to say about what you read? I mean, I know we did the Devarto or the Torah word. Is there any, are there any other thoughts that you have on, on the three chapters that we've managed to get through this month? Um, I liked your translation. <laughs> Thank I you. I thought it was, like, really kind of, like, down-to-earth and funny. And it's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I always used to feel sad that my middle name was Leia and not, like, Rachel, because Rachel is the hotter and cooler sister who is then... The, the, the sort of the matriarch who eventually gives, you know, from her descendants comes, like, King David and ultimately the Messiah. But now that I, like, think about it, it's not so bad being Leia. Like, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm reappropriating the name. I'm, like, I'm redefining awesome. it. I'm, I'm, I'm Leia the feminist, and I feel pride in that right now. Um, so, it's a, you know, getting a bit emo. That's my personal... No. I'm great we could be here for this. <laughs> I don't need to go to therapy next week. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. This was much cheaper. You got two drinks. You're golden. Um, last, before we close, do you have anything to plug, anything you want our audience to check out that you're doing on the internet? Um, I, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at bookmoth with like a, an underscore between book and moth. Um... Uh, I, I, you can follow Tablet Magazine. We're at Tablet Mag. I tweet for them. There's a lot of Jewish stuff there, you know, 24 sevs. 
so. <laughs> you never sleep. Plenty of Jewish tweets. I think in 140 character sentences now, so. That's really creepy. Um, oh my God, what the fuck Bible? As always, you can find us on Facebook slash OMG Bible. We're on Twitter at OMG WTF Bible. Tumblr, OMG WTF Bible.tumblr.com. Our website is OMG WTF Bible. Please listen on Stitcher, iTunes, whatever podcast app you use to listen to podcasts. Share. If you like the show, spread it around. Share. Write a review on iTunes. Share our Just the Bible Bits episode, which is coming out very, very soon. Um, I host a comedy show, an open mic, so technically everyone can come and see it, um, but right not this month because signups are already full. It's an alternative open mic where people do odd things. Maybe they don't read the Bible, but they do unexpected comedy, not straight stand-up, not anything that you'd see in any other open mic, probably anywhere in the world. It's called No Jokes Allowed. The next one is on October 14th at 8 p.m. at Beauty Bar on 14th Street in New York. I want to thank uh, Jeffrey at 2A. I want to thank our bartender, Tessa, for helping us set up. Please clap for her because she's right there. And make sure to tip her when you buy your drinks. Our producer, John Pissarro. You, our listeners, and our live audience right here. Please join us as we kick off year two at the Magnet Theater on October 21st at 7.30 p.m. for episode 13. Because next month, in the Bible, Jacob becomes a family man. <laughs>